Hi everybody, welcome to Wrong Term Memory. My name is Jack. And my name's Colin. Jack, how are you this week? Yes, man, I am doing I'm doing okay, thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Very good, thank you. Um as you listen to this, I am currently doing my last day at work before Christmas and I'm off now until the fifth of January. So I am in a very good place. Yeah, man, magic. Christmas is coming up. We're going to do a, a Christmas special and a New Year special um, coming out in the next the next couple of weeks, basically. So we will we'll get them to you. We'll we'll be with you basically over the over the festive period if you have spare time, which hopefully you do, and you can you can sort of um, listen to us. Hopefully, right at the start. I don't normally do this at the start, but um, we did get a bunch of reviews and stuff like that quite recently. Um, which was fantastic and those ratings go a long long way to basically helping others find us you know um, if we can appear in charts and in inverted commas or whatever then it, it just makes it easier basically rather than nobody knowing about us because we are we're, we're very much keen to get in as many years as possible Colin really and I don't know why, you know, like, I don't know, is it some sort of personal sort of justification or something? I don't know, but all those reviews, very thankful for them. Uh, and if you've not done it already, I'm going to ask you already right at the start. Um, we don't normally do this, like I says, but if you could leave a wee review and more important, it's probably just that rating. If your podcast app lets you do it, mate. Yeah, it makes a massive difference. Um, we are just two guys basically working full-time jobs and doing this in our spare time. We don't have a marketing budget. We can't do advertising. We very much rely on words of mouth and the iTunes or podcasts, algorithms, basically. Yeah. And the one the one way to trick those algorithms or to work those algorithms, I should say, is with you guys giving us a review and leaving a comment and stuff. So I know it's a pain in the arse and I know nobody ever does it, but if you could make this exception just for us, we would massively appreciate you take the two or three minutes from your time to do it because, like Jack says, it makes a huge difference to us. Yeah, so what we've been doing as well is we've done a little bit of cross-promotion and um, we got a shout-out on the Injustice of Our Youth podcast uh, presented by Faye. She gave us a little shout-out, so we're going to give her a shout-out. I've been listening to a couple of her episodes, don't get me wrong, um, celebrity interviews or something that you, you probably don't think that I would be into, but Charlie from Lost was on the very first episode, so that's a strong start. Jeffrey Archer turns up, so that's a little bit funky. <laughs> and then the last one I was listening to there was David Arquette. Now, Colin, David Arquette was obviously in Scream, but did you watch wrestling when he was at? Yeah, he stunk the place up, man. Yeah. Um, yeah, he turned up um, He turned up with Diamond Dallas Page and ended up winning the WCW World title, held it for about a fortnight. And then lost it to Jeff Jarrett, I think. He was absolutely terrible. Yeah, um, people were pissed yeah. off about that. And that's what I mentioned on the pod. So, like, go and give it a listen. I quite enjoy it. You know, it's uh, the injustice of our youth. So, um, if you've got more spare time, um, I know some people... I know I have got a thousand podcasts that I don't... that are there, that I'm subscribed to, that I don't have the time to listen to. But if you've got a wee bit of time, uh, go and do that, basically, is... Is, is what I'm asking you to do, and that would be that would be fantastic. Now, I don't know why I thought about this, but I was thinking about sort of weird jobs the other day, mate, and see, when you think of weird, maybe not weird jobs, but weird places, 
in the world, where does your mind kind of automatically go? I know where mine does. Yeah, it goes to the same place as yours, man. Japan and China, basically, isn't it? Yeah, basically. Um, Japan is... Japan's a place that I think might be a little bit weird. <laughs> like, especially some of the wacky game shows and shit like that. But they also have sort of weird jobs out there. And they're very much work-orientated. Like, you know that, Colin. Like, that, like that is... That's what the, the Japanese do, is they work hard. They've got a very high work ethic. And to make sure that you get to work on time, there's people employed as the professional pushers, basically, mate. <laughs> so, like, so busy on the trains, and to get people onto trains on time and keep them running, people push you onto trains, basically, squeeze you in, pack you in, that sounds like something that sounds like that gives me the absolute fucking fear to be honest with you, man. Like, what about like, yourself? Oh, it just sounds horrendous. Like, in a pre COVID world, the idea of being pushed up against people in a train and stuff was just horrendous. Now it seems even worse, especially in Japan and being your job to just push people in and cram them into a train. It just must sound horrendous for all parties. Um, it's funny what you say about Japan. Like, it's, it is a crazy, crazy place. Like, if, if you imagine, like, you know how, like, Austin Powers was frozen and went to sleep for, like, 30, 30 years and then he woke up? Right, okay. Imagine, I, I, like... I would more go to Demolition Man for that, to be honest with you. I'm not a massive okay. Austin Powers fan. But, yeah, I get the whole cryogenic bullshit. Yeah, right. Yeah. If that happened to you and you woke up and they took you to Japan, I think that would be the one place you would maybe believe was, like, it was actually in space or it was aliens. Like, you were in the Jetsons or something like that because they genuinely do feel they're at least 10 years or so more advanced than anybody else and just in terms of how they live their life robotics the way they use technology vending machines just everything about them it's they've got a they've got a self-driving van over there now that drives around selling kfc and there's not even md in it selling the kfc it just does it all itself by a robot like, right okay i've not it, heard of this it's basically it's basically tomorrow's world uh only now it's it's made as the jetsons only not the Japanese Jetsons, I don't know, but yeah, it's some place. And you're right, the, the, having a actual train pusher on okay. is quite a low tech job for Aye. Japan. Yeah, compared to some of the stuff they do, like compared to all the tech jobs they have and all the crazy things, like being somebody that's just a professional pusher, is it seems very low tech for what the other things they get used to and the stuff they seem to be doing. Aye, because the trains over there are funky as fuck, as far as I know, they're like the, the sort of magnetic trains. And yeah, again. Going off the top of my head, I think, see if they run, if they're running 30 seconds late, you'll get a special ticket basically from the conductor so that if you're 30 seconds late for your work, you can say, hey, it's not my fault. It's, it's the train's fault. Yeah, basically. Yeah, I can imagine that because it's like 30 seconds late, they just don't pop with that shit. So, I think they're bullet trains, aren't they? I'm sure that's what they're called. Aye, I think so, like, mate. Aye. Mag Magnev. Mag Mag what is it? Magnev or Magnet. But yeah, they run on. Running magnets basically, there's no fucking wheels, you know. So yeah, and they're rapid, absolutely rapid. Yeah. Have you uh, have you seen some of those trains in like India with folk like fucking hanging on to the roofs and all that? Yeah, not so high tech, man. It's just a case of <laughs> no. get, get on the fucking <laughs> <That> roof. <laughs> fucking terrifying, man. Some of those ones, they could do a professional push or some of the ones because they literally just every man for themselves on those ones. Yeah, there's fucking one point three billion people living in there. You know what I mean? It's a busy country as it is, um, and there's only so many fucking trains. So all that dangling off shit does not appeal to me. <laughs> to be honest with you, man. But um, no there's a bunch of weird jobs in China. We just take a couple each, mate. Right, so. Like, I'll go with this one. You can rent a boyfriend, basically, if you've got the money uh, in Tokyo. 
and it just makes finding a boyfriend easier, basically. Not really sure what the boyfriend bog up to. Like, I'm not sure if he's like a prostitute or a, a jiggle or whatever. But um, you can basically pay somebody to be your boyfriend. See, if you were to flip reverse that button, you were renting a girlfriend. But that's just you. You would automatically think a prostitute. So you would. Yeah, totally, a hundred percent. Because it would be. Would <laughs> Let's you? be honest. Yeah. Um, it's it's crazy, but I bet you it's not. I bet you it is very much over there. I bet you it's pure. You hire somebody to take you out for dinner or to keep up appearances at a wedding. Maybe I bet you it's like a wedding date type thing. So you could turn up at a family wedding with somebody nice on your arm, or even just I don't know to make you feel better. I bet there's not any sexually attached to this. I, I dare say there is prostitutes and shit in Japan and China, but I bet you this is a totally separate entity to that. Yeah, it's probably. Probably quite a well-paying job, I'd imagine. Like, if you are a, a rental boyfriend, you, you'd, I presume you'd have to be quite a good-looking young guy, living the, the best life, in inverted commas, and I would think quite a lot of them would be pretty smooth with the ladies and might talk their way into bed with them if they found that, hey, I'm having a good time with this lady, may as well, <laughs> may as well do my thing, you know. What do you think about that, do you think that? It's, guys be, are guys, man. Like guys can't be that different. And what's the film? Countries. There's a film. There's a film where Jude Law is like that. Is it AI? Have you seen AI? It's got it's got Haley Joel husband guy, and he's a robot in it. Oh no, I'm thinking of fucking the one with Will Smith. Um, oh no, it's not AI robot. Oh, it's AI robot. I'm thinking no, of no, I mean, I've not seen. There's an AI one where Jude Law is like a robot gigolo type thing. <laughs> right, okay. Um, which I'm making it sound a bit stupid, but it's actually quite a serious film. And that was kind of like that idea. But I think he was a mad shagger, actually. I'm sure he was He was doing more than just taking them for dinner and stuff like that. Aye, there's that film with Robin Williams in it as well, where he's a sort of fucking robot, and it's quite a serious film. It's about the sort of, I presume it's looking at themes of mortality and stuff like that, because obviously robots can fucking live forever. So uh, Robin Williams is a... A robot that gets sad, basically, I think. One of those ones, oh, you know. That's a shame. Oh, well. But I suppose in the, in the sort of same corner of that, you, you mentioned that there's, there's not sex involved. You can just hire a professional cuddler in Japan as well, you know. Yeah, you Somebody can. come out and cuddle um, you. Hmm? That's, that's a job and a half, mm. isn't it? Um, have you seen Carl Pilkerton when he goes to the cuddle party? Yeah, he does not enjoy it, and I can totally get behind that man. Like hugging a <laughs> yeah. bunch of strangers. Ah, oh, fuck off. Uh-huh. Not for me. Especially like that. It was a pure typical American cuddler as well, wasn't it? She was like so fucking sugary candy sweet the way she was talking and all that, and it just sounded so false. He hated it. I'm sure they did it in like a tent. That was like a big massive in. fucking tent, man. These yeah. wacky spiritualists, you know, like uh, here, like believe what you fucking want, but um, don't get weird next to me. Basically, is what I'm trying to get at. <laughs> it's funny, right? We've mentioned three jobs so far, right? The pusher, the boyfriend, and the cuddler, and that's three jobs that I would imagine are fucked now because nobody's going to want to cuddle a stranger. Nobody's going to pretend to be a boyfriend and probably nobody's getting on trains to go to work. So it could be a huge part of the old uh, Japanese um, work industry that are fucked at the moment because of this. How many rent-a-cuddlers do you think there are? But really, is it a massive industry, do you think? Or I bet it... there's fucking hundreds of them. I bet there's loads. Do you think? Yeah, I think there's about 7,000. <laughs> right, okay, you just just an arbitrary number, just flinging it out there? Yeah, uh, fuck it. just flinging it out there, yeah. Okay, Prove it all. 
prove me wrong. Aye, that's it. Uh, right, mate, what else? Do, but we may as well stay in Japan for one or two and then yeah. we'll move on to there's, other jobs, I there's, suppose. There's another one here which I can very much get on board with. A professional standing liner. <laughs> right. Um, so as long as there's queues in the world, you can get a, a narabaya, which is Japanese for standing liner. Um, these guys basically you pay the money and they'll happily just wait in queues for you for as long as it takes as long as you pay the money for it so think about people that now that are going crazy trying to get playstation 5s or people that are trying to get new trainers when they come out and stuff like that and it's a nightmare and people are camping out to get stuff just pay somebody like this and they'll do it for you i know there's some countries in the world where they don't have lines basically they will just take your shoes off Yes. You, you take your sandals off whatever, and just fling your sandals in line and that will hold the place for you. You just sit down. Wouldn't work here, would it? No, it wouldn't. But not just Britain, but aye, Britain very much cures. Like they will stand, will stand in lines, will stand in queue and it's very much a social norm and see when somebody tries to fucking skip a queue or whatever, oh, oh there's all hell to pay. And, see when you're and standing then. in an airport, when you're at, see when you're in an airport at the check-in desk, and there's like more than one queue for your flight, and you pick the queue that you think's the best one, and oh, the other yeah. one starts moving quicker as well. You develop absolute fucking hatred and scorn and disgust for absolute strangers that have done nothing wrong, but yeah. just because they're in a queue that's moving faster than you. I've seen myself getting so angry and getting so annoyed. I hate queuing. I can't stand it. It's standing about. It's boring. It's like, it goes so slowly and the fact that you need to watch it and you see how slow things are going, I'm not a good cure at all. I can't cope with it. I quite often leave Lisa in the queue and I go and sit on a bench or something and go and join her later. I just can't cope with it. <laughs> yeah, bad bastard, you man. Like, the, the worst queuing that I've ever had to do would have been at Alton Towers the very first time I went. Um, talking when I was about 14 or 15. Like, literally waiting an hour and three quarters to get on a fucking ride. Yeah. That was... That was you're with your pals at the time, so it was maybe not so bad when you're young and full of beans, but yeah, I still remember waiting to get on air, I think it was, which is the one where you fly, sort of fly in inverted commas, where you're horizontal, is that the yeah, right way? Yeah, I, I know the one you mean, yeah. Aye, so, about an hour and three quarters, I think we stood, it was about an hour to get in the Nemesis. You could get speedy passes, but they were fucking extortionate even back in the day, I'm sure. And it was, yeah, well, it's, it's, it's a crazy thing. Yeah, like I've, we've done obviously all the Disney parks, all the Universal parks in Florida as well. And if you think about those wait times, like double some of those wait times, and then think about you're standing in like ninety degree heat waiting for it and stuff like that. It's I worked out once that we spent maybe I think we spent three days in Disney and Universal Studios, right? And we were there for like ten hours a day, right? So that's like thirty hours you spent in this place. And I reckon we're lucky if we were actually doing rides and doing stuff for ninety minutes of that, because you're literally queuing up for an hour and a half, two hours for a roller coaster that lasts 90 seconds and you're yeah. off it again. So Aye. it's a hell of a big commitment time-wise for 90 seconds of fun. Like the last couple of times we've been to Florida, we've not went to the parks. Like we went to Universal to, because there's a couple of restaurants and some shopping stuff we like there, but we didn't actually go to the actual, into the actual theme park because I just can't cope with the queues and stuff. It's just not fun at all, especially in that heat. Nah, it's fucking wild, man. Like we were, um, we went to Universal in California, San Francisco, whatever, at um, the other side from where you go, I'm sure. No, I always get yeah. fucking mixed up where, where you go. Um, the east and the west coast. Yeah. yeah, we went to the west coast. 
So the, I think it's Universal or MGM, one of the fuck, fuck knows, but um, my mum's cousin we were staying with, she got us the, the fast pass, like the super expensive tickets, yeah. and it was fucking brilliant. <laughs> you, you, you get your personal like taxi that drives you about and you just, you see the queues and you just fucking walk past them. Like, fuck <laughs> you. <laughs> we do you know what's our job? You. What? Do you know what's our job now? Rent a disabled, right? You can rent what? a disabled person. No, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Why? Sorry. Right. Like that. Fuck you up. Can... <laughs> right. No, genuinely, right. Honestly, see if you go on like Gumtree or Craigslist and places like that, you can actually rent a disabled person, right, for the day and take them to Disneyland with you or Universal. And basically, you get to skip all the queues because you get you got to go in the disabled queue with them. Right. Okay. That's pretty valuable. So, oh, it's horrendous. <laughs> it's fucking the worst thing in the world, right? Uh, listen, I suppose, right, in a, in a way it's good because some wee disabled fellas getting a job, right, and they're getting to go to fucking Disneyland every day, which must be amazing, and they're getting paid for it. But I don't know. Like, imagine being that guy that phones up and goes, hello, I'd like to rent a disabled person, please. I know, no. Uh, it just must be the worst thing in the world. However, they're no standard in queues and they're having the best of time in Disney. But the only bad thing about it is, like, you know when you come off the ride and you can get your photos taken? All your photos are going to have this man random disabled person in them. Uh, we Jimmy, you you've, got, we Jimmy uh, you've got in loan, man. Uh. But yeah, but that's genuinely a job that's happening. A lot of people are doing it. Like, it's nuts, but I suppose if there's a market for it, they'll do it. Fair play to them. No, you sort of covered the next one, wedding guest. You may sort of mentioned that earlier, so yeah, you can hire a person to go to a wedding with you, so you don't turn up and look like a a singleton. Which in Japan, I think if you get to a certain age, especially if you're a man, like maybe over twenty five and you're single, people look at you as if you're a like a a social leper, basically. So. Yeah, they definitely do. It's like that Black Mirror episode, isn't it, where the girl's got the wedding date, but her our social media score keeps dropping, and they won't go with her anymore and stuff like that. It's Never really watched Black Mirror, to be honest. Oh, so. me, you're missing out. It's, it's one of the best things on telly. I'll put it on my imaginary list, mate. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll never watch it. Yeah, we'll move on to, we'll move away from Japan just to a bunch of weird jobs that I found. A professional sleeper, basically. Hmm. You actually get paid to that. sleep. I kind of think you need to have a sleep disorder, but you know, you need to have sort of oh. narcolepsy or night terrors or something. I don't just think. You can just turn up and go out, right? <laughs> Let me sleep and get paid for it. I think you need something wrong with you, basically, but so they can study you. But there are people out there with disorders that, I suppose, do you think that would make it a little bit easier if you did have the night terrors, if you were getting paid every now and again to get studied? Like at least, yeah, I think it would. Like getting paid to sleep must be <clears throat> up there in terms of high, high job satisfaction. Like. We spoke before about how satisfying it is going to the toilet and getting paid to go to the toilet and like sitting in the loo and work for 15 or 20 minutes knowing you're getting paid for it while you're looking at your phone. That's kind of the next level of that, isn't it? Just going to sleep and getting paid for it. I suppose. Aye. I'm not a great sleeper. We're, we're, we're sort of in the same boat with that, I suppose, mate. That don't particularly sleep a hell of a lot. And if we do, it's for a couple of hours at a time. So um, I suppose we it's not a sleep disorder we've got, but... Um, don't sleep well, so I presume we could probably slide our way into that if we wanted to. Yeah, you probably could. Don't know if I can make it a fucking full time job, but you know, it says professional sleeper. Like that's a full time job. I don't know if I, I don't know if this is the list is a little bit um misworded to be honest with you. I, I don't know if you can make a profession for sleeping. No, I don't know. Part of my issue as well with sleeping as well is that I think it's a massive waste of time and that 
I know it's not a massive waste of time and I understand the health benefits of it and why it's so important to sleep. But I also think it's a massive waste of your time. Like if I could take a pill and never need to sleep, then I would. So I wouldn't like the idea of doing a job like that, which meant I had to sleep all the time because it's such a waste of time because there's always stuff to watch in the telly. There's always books to read. There's always games to right. play. There's always music to listen to. And when you're sleeping, you're not doing any of that. So you're you're missing out, so, so to speak. Don't get me wrong, I like sleeping, but I, I'm in the same boat, mate. If I could take a pill that kept me up forever, basically, mm-hmm. I would. Yeah, I, I would take that. Totally. Yeah, definitely. Not that I'm, um, not that I'm fucking constructive when I'm awake, but <laughs> I would take it, yeah, for sure. Yeah. There's another one taking us back to Florida here. A scuba diving pizza delivery man. Scuba diving? Right, okay. So <laughs> yeah. what the fuck does that? Like, literally it's, getting in a scuba suit? Yeah, so basically there's an underwater hotel in Florida, right? And they've got a scuba diving pizza delivery man who supplies them with pizza by carrying them through the sea in a watertight case. So basically, your your nice hot ready pizza is in this case. This guy dives in at the sea, dives down to your hotel and basically delivers it to you and you get a hot dry pizza under the sea. Seems a weird choice. Like, you're staying in a hotel, man. Surely the hotel just sells food. (laughs) Surely you can get a fucking pizza in a hotel. I suppose if you get a specific type of pizza that you like, then maybe you want to fucking phone a pizza hut or something. But would you be giving that kind of a massive tip? You know, you know how like nowadays, like I used to do deliveries for a while, uh, which was one of my more boring jobs. But when I was doing it, it was all cash deliveries. So you would get a tip. You would get something on top of your delivery charge. Nowadays, but it's just well, it's all apps in it. So yeah, I struggle it, with it now because I've never got cash in the house. And I'm always paying by card, so it's it's very awkward actually. I, I quite often I've actually went out and just collected now because I don't have money in the house. Aye, but the thing I, is, like, I can't bear that awkwardness of not giving them something. I just can't cope with it. On the flip side, the delivery charges are a lot more nowadays. So you'll pay like three quid, so the driver will get three quid. Whereas back in the day, it was like a pound delivery charge. And I'm then, just not convinced they're getting that. Nah, do you know I think so, man? I just don't know. Like, you look at Just Eat, and apparently, so if you if you phone if you phone up your local Chinese and get a Chinese that's costs a tenner. I know Just Eat takes up like 35 or 40% of that money. They don't take that much, do they? Yeah, no, it's huge. They take, genuinely, they take they take almost 40%, apparently. It's well, that, huge that, what they take. Right, so that delivery charge isn't a fucking for the delivery driver. It's to basically cover that by the sounds I of it. The off, yeah, it's to try and off-put it. And that's why, if like, if you're, if you're on Just Eat, you're not allowed to put a menu in with the delivery or anything like that because that's encouraging people to come to you direct. And you'll notice a lot of them even if they're on Just Eat, they'll have their own website and they'll sometimes offer you like 10 or 15% off if you order it through their own website. And that's because even losing that 10 or 15% is worth more to them than losing the money through Just Eat. But they can't get, they can't not go on Just Eat because right. of the exposure it gives them. It's a real, they've basically got them by the balls, Just Eat. And they're making a fortune out of literally just being a middleman with a website. It's just another fucking example of these tech companies being horrible, horrible bastards by the sounds of it, man. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Like, I, 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 Listen, I, I know well enough that there is huge markup in fast food and takeaway food and all that sort of stuff, but Just Eat basically taking 35-40% of it for basically setting up a website is fucking awful. Really, really bad. It's just a, a really simple fucking idea to start with as well, you know? like Yeah. Yeah, and a place where you just aggregate all the food places. 
really simple idea, but I suppose you need that fucking tech, that those servers and shit like that to handle all that traffic, and that's why it's fucking Silicon Valley that's that's done that. Um, I think there's this is very specific this one, and it's just I'm pretty sure it's just one guy in the UK that's got this job. He watches paint dry basically. Um, <laughs> that's what he does. He spends his day painting sheets of cardboard to test how long new paint mixes take to to dry basically and then he watches it to to see if it changes colour and how much it degrades or whatever so if you get a really shitty cheap paint he'll be like ah, I watched it and it's rubbish whereas if you go deluxe or whatever the, the, the expensive paint then oh, that, that dried fast and it stayed the same colour so that's his job but I do think it's just one guy I don't think yeah. you can apply for that job really no it sounds horrendous as well to be fair oh, it sounds pish aye yeah. The next one is a bit of a, a a funny one because it's a job, basically a full-time Netflix viewer, right? So everybody's here now and thinking, oh my God, that sounds amazing, but I disagree. I bet you it's fucking horrendous. So these guys are paid to watch TV all day, right? Netflix have basically hired somebody to watch all of their content before it's available to the public. And what they need to do is basically review and then assign the program if it's correct tags so it shows up in the right lists and the right algorithms and stuff like that. If it's a romantic comedy, if it's a movie, if it's whatever else, they get it right and put it in the correct kind of categories and stuff like that. Now, I don't know about you, Jack, that probably does sound amazing. However, if you think about Netflix and what you watch on it, you probably only watch about 0.2% of what's on Netflix, right? And that's you choosing what you want to watch. Whereas if this was your job, you'd have to sit and watch utter shite that you would never normally watch. And it's probably really, really boring most of the time. Yeah, and... The thing with Netflix is there are really, really specific tags that you probably never get to. You know, like when you're flicking through Netflix, you'll get like high octane TV or hit American TV, and that's the tags that will come up. But there are really specific tags if you if you sort of drill down into Netflix. I'm sure you'll get like mid western romantic comedies set in the fifties or whatever. You know, yeah. there, there's really specific tags that some people will be into and again do you mind do you mind when Netflix was like it was they would send you the DVD and you would fucking post it back? Yeah, it came in a wee plastic case. Uh, you would get it for a week or whatever. Aye, uh, if you didn't send it back they used to charge you a fortune. They did PlayStation games and all that as well. You could have to get PlayStation games from them at the same time. Yeah, and it sort of obviously put your blockbusters and your globals and stuff like that right out of fucking business. They these they did just sort of got cocky, I suppose. You know, you think you've got the market tied up. We're blockbuster. We're the video renting place. We're Billy Big Time. And then this sort of fucking again, <laughs> Silicon Valley company comes up fucks. like that. Yeah, fucks you in the ass. Yeah, and you're, you're actually done because I used to love going to blockbuster like or whatever. The I think it was a a global that was near me. Global and a blockbuster doesn't fucking matter, but that was fun going with your like getting your mum to take you and going and picking and picking the games if you're hiring a game or whatever. So it's kind of it's taking all that shit away, which I presume kids yeah. and inverted commas nowadays just don't care about, you know. Well, yeah, I mean, we remember it as being fun and stuff like that, but I think when you when you break it down though, it's much more fun knocking out the house, knocking <laughs> out in the cold. Not going into a shop, not standing and looking at loads and loads of boxes, not hoping they've got it in stock, not paying fucking four pound for one video. I remember, not having to remember yeah. to take it back, and all that sort of stuff. 
it is actually a hell of a lot better just turning on your computer or your telly and just swiping your remote a couple of times. Like, I think you're romanticising that a little bit. Ah, okay, it's just nostalgia. That's what it is, man. Yeah, it's just like I thinking think back to when you were young and it was everything was better when you were young because of those nostalgic memories. Yeah, do you remember thinking that the guy that worked in the video shop had the best job in the world? Aye, <laughs> like, like... I can't just sit and watch his movies all day and eat popcorn, man. What? How did I get that job? <laughs> Yeah, how the fuck did I get that job? Yeah, right. but I remember going and it would be like, have you got a Terminator 2? Oh, sorry, we've only got four copies of that and they're out just now, but we'll book it in and they would give you a wee fucking paper tag away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you would basically book it and go back and get it like in two days' time or whatever. I didn't have to wait two days to watch something that you wanted to watch. It's just crazy, like, it's it's a world that we've moved so far on from <laughs> and it is, it's genuinely like... Um, I, it's, it's a very, very good development we've got now in terms of kind of always-on distribution of entertainment. It's it's very, very good. Like we're very, very lucky what we've got just now compared to like what our parents had. Like I'll, even like we talked before about Mad Men set during the fifties and stuff like that. And I just can't imagine a life where you come in from work and you sat down and there was there was no internet to look at. There was no real tv there was one only two or three channels there was nothing to watch stuff it must have just been so so boring like but you didn't know any better so it wasn't boring but compared to what we've got just now we are so lucky like it is true that every race like is so much luckier than the race before it because of that's totally not the right word we're using there man (laughs) how's it not race Oh, right, not race, sorry, every... Generation. What's the word? Generation, yeah, not race. <laughs> Thanks for stepping in. Um, yeah, every generation is so much luckier than the one before it. And obviously there's there's issues that come with it and jobs not been out there and global warming and the world going to shit and viruses and all that sort of stuff. But in terms of tech and how life becomes easier in, these, in this way, it's just so much better. Like, imagine being about in like the 1930s, the 1940s, it'd fucking suck. Yeah, but the next job would totally suck as well. You're talking about shit, man. There's, um, again, this is probably one guy that's got this job, a paper towel sniffer. Um, <laughs> like, it sounds bizarre, man. Like, sniffing toilet roll just to smell what it, what it smells like. But I'm, I'm quoting here, um, ensuring that their, their rolls don't smell foul before, during, or after use. Uh, but surely it's covered in shit after you use it. <laughs> like, yeah. or, is it, or is it paper towels? Maybe it's no toilet paper, maybe it's paper towels. Oh, like kitchen roll and stuff like that? Uh, maybe it's that, maybe it's no fucking, yeah. It's yeah, no toilet it's paper, it's no like you sniff that shit. Aye, uh, wipe your ass and give it a right good sniff. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can't, they can't even that. There's another one which is quite good, uh, a car plate blocker, um, which is basically because of a new, a new law in Iran where there's just far too many cars on the road in Iran. So what they've done to fix it is basically on, on any given day, you're only allowed registration plates that either end in an odd number or an even number. So like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you can only drive your car if your car registration plate ends in an odd number. Uh-huh. The rest of the week, you can only drive if it ends in an even number. And people in Iran are now hiring people to walk behind their cars so that the cameras can't see the number plates so they don't get caught for driving in the wrong day. <laughs> it just shows you how fucking slow their cars are going that you can hire somebody <laughs> to walk behind you the whole way. Like, that's yeah. just bizarre. Like, another way that people figured out to get round this. How do you think people get round this? That's one of the ones I've heard of before is putting nail varnish on your registration plate and then when the camera takes a picture it kind of flashes so you can't read it properly. All right, no, well... 
yeah, that that might that might be the case. Um, but people were just buying two cars, like buying two really <laughs> shitty cars, like two five hundred pound cars. Say, so pollution went through the fucking roof. Like that was a sort of kick on from it. it was like smog and just. It was horrible, it was dirty, it was just, everything was worse, because everybody had two cars, basically, everybody had two fucking cheap motors. Um, I kind of think, buy a fucking Reggie plate, if, if you really want to get around it, just yeah. you know, change it, you know? Change it overnight, yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. An ostrich babysitter, uh, basically all you need to do is keep an eye on baby ostriches, because if you don't, they will peck the living shit out of each other, basically. Oh yeah, they're wee bastards to each other, aren't they? They hate yeah. each other. I think they're wee cunts, so um, you've got to be a babysitter, stroke ostrich bouncer, so that's a sort of strange job you can get. Um, right, what, what, what would you say right. What would you say is the worst job you ever had? Like, have you, was, was it deliveries or was it something else? I, I says deliveries wasn't bad because it was cash in hand back in the day, which was good at the age I was. You got a free meal at the end of the night and it, it was only really stressful in inverted commas on a Friday and Saturday night where you, where you were mobbed and you would yeah. always you'd always get returns you'd always get people saying oh that's fucking cold and it's kind of like well the restaurant sent me out with seven meals and you're the seventh <laughs> it's not my fault so like blame them but you would always get sent back out so it was alright the pay was decent I did do sport event security basically you know the, the people in the fucking yellow jumpers I done that one day, man. Fourteen hours standing outside. It was fucking freezing. My legs were sore. I just never went back. I was like, nope, not for me. I don't care. That I think I was eighteen at the time. I didn't have a job, and still staying with the mum or whatever. And my mum was like, "You got a fucking job, you lazy bastard." Right, I went once, and that was it, man. That that was rubbish. But I've been pretty lucky with jobs, man. So uh, yeah, can't really complain that I done one shitty shift. What about yourself? Yeah, I've been I've been pretty lucky and had pretty easy jobs um since i was an actual adult probably probably the only one that rings that's going to stands out is i think i was like 16 or 17 i was working part-time evenings in a factory it was a factory that made toilet blocks you know um you know those little blue blocks that you put down your toilet and it kind of makes the water smell nice when you flush it sort of thing Aye, like toilet duck or something yeah yeah like we but it was the wee actual blocks basically we worked in a factory making them and basically there was like a conveyor belt right and there was like four women at the side of each conveyor belt and they they were in front of this big massive massive box of blocks and they would feed these blocks into the machine to get them packaged and my job was basically to make sure that their baskets were full of blocks so they never ran out so i I basically had these two different machines i had a forklift and a wee kind of barrel thing and it would take me four or four baskets of blocks to fill up their big basket and I worked out basically that if I filled out, filled up both sides of each machine, it would take me about four minutes to do that. And then I would, then I would wait for 20 minutes for that to run out. So I literally would work for like four, 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 five minutes. And then for 20 minutes, I would just stand waiting for them to start getting low again. Then I would go top them up and then just wait again. I did this for like five or six hour shifts and it was utterly soul destroying. And I got absolutely manky, disgusting because of it. Yeah. I used to come, used to have to have um, sheets in my car for coming home so that I didn't stay in the seats in the car straight in straight in at the shower and basically turn the shower on and the shower the shower water would just run blue through because my whole face and hands and arms were just covered in this blue dye it was disgusting and I'm probably going to end up dead one day because of the chemicals and the exposure to it will come out one day that it's killed me probably it was awful awful yeah 
I'm never going to degrade anybody that's got a full time job, but I just feel like working in a factory doing that very, very monotonous stuff just sounds like it does sound like absolute torture, man. It does. I've got a lot of respect for them in some ways because to do that job, you must be able to just switch your head off, like just basically switch your brain off and just go into productivity mode and just get it done for eight hours, nine hours, ten hours, whatever it is. And it's something I certainly couldn't do. And kudos to them for being able to do it because somebody's got to, obviously, and I'm grateful they are doing it and not me. Aye. One of my good pal's dad works in a, a factory that basically makes sort of shawls or something. And that's basically what he does is like one very specific thing all day. It just it doesn't does not appeal to me. Um We'll take a wee break, we'll be back with you, we'll be back with you soon, but we'll maybe take a wee look at some celebrity jobs and stuff like that, so we'll be back with you in a minute. Right mate, so what we'll do is we'll take a wee look at uh, celebrities, um, we always like to look at, let, let's be honest, that fucking easy content <laughs> for me, <laughs> so, um, like, the website I went on said like a hundred celebrities that have had weird jobs. They weren't all weird, right? Because a bunch of people work for McDonald's and working at McDonald's isn't weird. Like I'm pretty sure there's a mad stat, like seven percent of fucking Americans have worked for McDonald's at some point in their life. So Yeah. Like Rachel McAdams, Queen Latifah, James Franco, Pink, they've all worked at McDonald's, so they're not really weird. So this list was a little bit shitty, you know, one of those websites that's a bit crap, <laughs> to be honest with you. But <laughs> there were some people that have had weird jobs that you will know, like Christopher Walken. I'm walking here, that guy. He was a lion tamer. Did you know that? Um, and he was, I didn't, I didn't know uh, that. He was, oh. he was 16 at the time, and he performed with a, a lion called Sheba, basically. So that's a pretty weird job to have, especially as a, like, you wouldn't get away with that nowadays. I don't think a fucking 16-year-old tamed lions. Yeah, that is, that's that's odd. That's very, very strange. The next one's even stranger. Yeah. Danny DeVito was a hairdresser for dead people. Um, basically, he worked in like a mortician's and would style women's hair to make them look beautiful before they went to their funerals, like if it was an open casket and stuff like that. Aye, Whoopi Goldberg done that as well. She was a morgue beautician. No, uh, know what she should learn to do would be Goldberg put fucking eyebrows on herself um, she yeah, doesn't have eyebrows fucking eyebrows yeah weirdo. if you've like if you if you're picturing Whoopi Goldberg at the moment fucking just google her she doesn't have eyebrows none she doesn't even draw them on you know she looks weird she does look weird and once you've yeah. noticed it you'll never you'll never not miss it now it's yeah. you won't be able to, to, to miss it what else have we got who's next oh Pierce Brosnan oh in my personal opinion the shittiest James Bond of all time he was a professional fighter, so he worked in the circus basically again as a teenager, which just seems well back in the day. I suppose fucking regulations and stuff like that would have been a little looser, you know. He's Irish though, so I bet he's probably a gypsy or something, which is probably why. <laughs> it's Pierce Brosnan Irish. Yeah, he's Irish, so I bet you it was like a circus performer type thing. I think you're still allowed to say gypsy. I think he was he was a traveller, so yeah. I bet he was like a traveller type person, and that's how he was involved in that probably. Do you know of all the... I don't all even... The... So I was going to say, I don't even think of him as James Bond. He's always just that douchebag from Mrs. Doubtfire to me. Oh, he's such a dick in that. But yeah. um, do you know of all the James Bonds, none of them would have actually been able to get into MI6 because they were too tall. 
Is that yeah. right? You're supposed to be able to blend in, aren't you? Yes, so I think it used to be you couldn't be over 5 foot 10 or 5 foot 11 and Daniel Craig, I think, is the only one that's 5 foot 10. Um, the rest really? of them were over 6 foot or whatever, so none of them would have actually been able to be a fucking MI6 agent in reality. So that's just a wee, a wee snippet that popped into my head there. The, new, um, the next James Bond is going to be a woman, isn't it? I don't know, is it? You tell me. Yeah, I, the, I, yeah, apparently so. I think there's a there's a woman that's already in it. Um, she's I can't remember who she, what, who, what her name is in it, but apparently she's going to be the new 007. She in the in the next film sort of thing, because like the, the the chat was it was going to be Idris Elba, which I'd quite like to see Stringer Bell as James Bond. I think that would be pretty cool. But apparently it's going to be a woman next. Right. Um, how to put a, f- a fine point in this? Fuck off. Like, it's a lot of nonsense, man. Like, it's just a lot of shit. Like, I'm all for equality. But you're a fucking guy? <laughs> like, oh, come on. No, can't get behind that, man. A lot of fucking nonsense. Jamie Bond. Aye, Jamie Bond, exactly. A lot of pish, man. Saying that, like, I'm not really into James Bond. I, I used to love it when I was younger. A big fan of Sean Connery, who's not long uh, passed away. But yeah, he was my favourite James Bond. Um, I was kind of into that as a as a youngster. Our mutual friend Gordon had uh, the VHS collection, basically. So uh-huh. uh, that's how far back we're going. We used to sit and used to sit and watch that quite a lot. But uh, I, I quite like James Bond. My favourite James Bond thing of all time is um, Alan Partridge doing Bond. Right. Have you seen that on I'm Alan Partridge when he's he's getting annoyed because they're not doing Bond properly? Oh right, you okay. Re- you reenact the spy that loves me. Aye, that's it. That's it. Yeah. It's amazing. Um. Drug dealing seemed to be quite a popular profession of choice. And it's plenty of money, isn't it? Yeah. Not just amongst rappers like I think most people know that fifty cent used to be a drug dealer, J Z, J Z used to be one. But Jay-Z. Aye, fucking do <laughs> you, granddad. Like, <laughs> like I, I went proper old man now, so I did. <laughs> um, but Tim Allen um got convicted of drug dealing when he was younger. The guy from Home Improvement, that's where that's sort of where he pops into my mind as the guy yeah. from Home Improvement. Yeah, yeah he's, he's the voice of Buzz Lightyear as well. Oh, so he is, I. But he's just been dumped, so they're making a new Buzz Lightyear film. Basically, a film just all about Buzz Lightyear and what it was, how he became Buzz Lightyear, basically, an, an origin story almost. And they're doing a Buzz, Lightyear, Buzz Lightyear origin story. Yeah, they are, cool. believe it or not. But they're not using Tim Allen. They've given it to, I think, Chris Hemsworth or somebody like that. Is he so just going to use his normal bumped. voice, so Buzz Lightyear's voice is going to change? I think so, yeah. Right, okay, that'll be a bit bizarre. Yeah, it's just a strange one, I just read that this week. Yeah, because that was... Toy Story came out in 1995, which is fucking mind-blowing, like, when we were 10. And it was, it's brilliant, man, like, I've watched, I've seen the... I think there's four of them, and I've seen all four of them, and I still enjoy them as a an old man, a middle-aged man, so... That will be a little bit jarring, I suppose, if they're, yeah. they're going to change Chris, it. But they fucking Chris do Evans, the... as it's doing the voice, Chris Evans. No, the ginger Chris Evans. No, the <laughs> actor Chris Evans. Yeah. I mean, they can fucking Virgin Radio, man. <laughs> From the big breakfast. He was a fucking weirdo, cheese. man. Mind, like, he married that Billy Piper when she was about fucking 16. Went out and bought her a Ferrari or something. Uh, to entice her into, into the bedroom. So he's a bit of a weirdo. But one of your favourite guys, well, basically your favourite guy ever from a TV show. He had a bit of a weird job, John Hamm. Uh, yeah, John Hamm, yeah. He was responsible for getting sets set up and dressing sets on porn films. 
which I, I don't know if that's as unusual a job at all because I reckon there's probably a lot of folk that do stuff like that when they're trying to break through into the movie industry and just try to get set experience and stuff like that. I suppose um, I stick it in your CV, I. Yeah, it never done them any harm. He, he went on to become Don Draper and delivered one of the best performances MD's ever seen. So yeah. fair play to him. Getting involved in the old Billy Ford didn't do him any harm. Your are pal, can you best? He walked at Gap. He did, aye. He, he, he speaks very passionately about the Gap. He was very bought into the whole Gap story and who they were and all that sort of stuff. So much so that there's actually quite a lot of chat just now that he's about to sign a deal with them to do a range of clothing, um, the kind of Yeezy brand, which will be available just in Gap, and it'll be a lot cheaper, and it'll be in a lot higher quantities, so he's quite passionate about the fact that one day, MD that wants Yeezys can have them, and they won't be so desirable, yeah. and between Grim with Gap is his way of kind of making that happen, apparently. I heard that he chucked the job because he wasn't getting enough hours to make full use of his staff discount. <laughs> is and that right? I didn't yeah, know that. Yeah, I read that, that you obviously need to work a certain amount of hours, basically, and he wasn't getting that, so he decided to leave because he wasn't getting yeah. that discount. When he first came out and he first kind of became famous, he was very much dressed in the Gap sort of clothes. He was into the polo, the pop uh, collar. Yeah, I sort of remember that, actually. Pink cardigans and all that sort of... I mean, his style's changed massively over the years, but when he first started, it was very much the whole Gap preppy look sort of thing, so yeah. it does make sense. i seen a fucking pair of Yeezys the other day, mate, but, like... I, I, I know you're into your Yeezys, but like they look like fucking, they gave you dinosaur feet. They were really strange uh, looking things. Do you know the ones I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, they weren't real. It was somebody, somebody taking a the piss. They were a mock up. Oh, well, right. Okay, yeah, well, I fucking fell for that, man. <laughs> yeah, they're not true. There were people that tweeted me that and said, Are you going to buy these? <laughs> and the answer they all got was, They're fake. So, no, they don't exist. But if they did, yeah, probably. So, yeah. I, it's one of the ones. Uh, Victoria Beckham used to play a sperm and roller skates um, for a BBC Six education show called Body Matters. So she used oh, to roller skate about dressed as a big bit of spunk. Never told you I've met Victoria Beckham? Uh, probably. <laughs> I, of course you have. <laughs> I've told you a <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, That's pretty cool, isn't it? I went and looked that up. I'd quite like to see her dressed as a sperm and roller skates. Yeah, you know I kind of like my history, so we're going to look at some sort of of history's weirdest jobs, I suppose. And the first one that I think a lot of people will have heard of, um, or they will have heard of that the phrase anyway, sort of a knocker up, basically. Yes, I have heard this before. Aye, like, I think you mentioned the fact the other day about, again, it's probably not in this show, about fucking, like, when there was no clocks, the way you would set the alarm would be the candle, and you would yes, burn that uh... in something would fall off after eight hours and it would wake you up. Um, Put the nail in the candle at the eight hour mark and then after eight hours burning, the nail would fall and hit the ground and that would wake you up. Yeah. So there was another person knock her up or basically would have a big fucking stick. They would walk around and basically knock on your windows until you got up in the morning um, just to make sure that you made your shift probably at the factory. Not about the factory workers. It was always fucking factory workers back then. Um, and it was normally the... Basically normally the fucking the factory owner that would hire this knocker-upper to make sure that his staff were woke up and getting in time so he didn't lose any business, basically. Either a pole or a pea shooter, basically. So you'd be shooting peas and that's how you get woke up in the morning with somebody sort of, yeah, chapping your window to you get up. So. It, it does sound absolutely bizarre, but it, it does make sense when you think about it because... Before the mechanical alarm clock, how did you make sure you were up on time? It was, 
it is a genuine worry and a, a thing that would have had to have done something to make it happen. And this does sound like it just sounds crazy. People wandering around hitting people's windows to wake them up. But, yeah, but it was right into the nineteen thirties, Like it's not like So when was the first mechanical alarm clock though? Oh fuck that was one. No. Would that be before the thirties? Like I mean by a mechanical one I mean like the be one with the bell on the top and the hammer. I know so, I know what I mean. Digital, no. Yeah, not digital or anything, but I don't know, like when you think about it, I wake up just now in the morning with my Apple Watch just gently vibrating me and tapping my wrist until I wake up and it is generally the nicest way to wake up. It's so much better than an alarm blaring near you. So again, it's another example of how lucky we are with technology and stuff like that. These these poor bastards had strangers knock at their window to wake them up. And then we are getting woken up by uh, an Apple device gently massaging your wrist. It's, mm-hmm. it's tomorrow's world again. It's tomorrow's world today, mate, yeah. Um, what else was happening back in the day? There was a bang beggar. Right. <laughs> it wasn't something about banging beggars, right? Basically, <laughs> um, this was the, the way that basically communities dealt with unwanted transients and tramps and beggars and stuff like that. They basically employed a, almost like a fake policeman called the bang beggar and they would kind of wear fancy clothes and carry a large mace and basically threaten and chase away any undesirables or tramps or ne'er-do-wells basically who were kicking about and making the place look untidy or looking as if they might interrupt proceedings at church and stuff like that. Um, Get rid of the beggars, get rid of the jakes outside the church. Pretty much, yeah. And they were called a bang beggar. So there's a a good indicator of that. There's that lovely church system open to all and really wanted the best for people, but before they opened up their doors, they wanted to get rid of all the scumbags. And if you're a pissed in Jake, get away. Yeah. You stinky totally. person. Yeah. Um, you, you kind of forget that the, like, there never used to be artificial light, so it was it was dark. <laughs> when it got dark, it was fucking pitch black. Um, <laughs> so to find your way about, you would get, um, you could hire a link boy, they were called. Usually, you, usually, sort of youngsters, like when they would put children to work and for a couple of pennies this person would carry a lamp or a torch and basically guide you to your destination. So you had like a wee, it wasn't a torch, it was a fucking human torch basically that would guide you about. So again, not a not a particularly um, like terrible job for a kid. You know, like back in the day they would put kids up chimneys and shit like that. So this was probably quite a desirable job for a child. Yeah, I suppose it would be, aye. It's like, what about with, the, with a candle or with a bright light or a torch or something like that? It's probably the safest thing to do walking about-wise and stuff, so I suppose it's all right. Um, there's another one called a pimp maker. Um, right. Uh, basically, a pimp was a bundle of firewood. All right. Um, it was a regional term used mostly in London and down south, basically to describe just a bundle of firewood. It was called a pimp. And the pimp maker was somebody who was employed just to gather the necessary wood needed and then prepare them into bundles for sale. But you'd find them kind of in the outskirts of the cities and stuff where the heavily wooded areas were. Uh-huh. They'd kind of gather all the wood and then sell it off and they were called the pimps. Oh, they were the pimp makers, yeah. I th- yeah. See, I think the next one as well, it's not It's not a particularly weird job, but it's got a funny name. Um, Sagger Makers Bottom Knocker. Um, <laughs> and again, this was done in Staffordshire and a sagger is a, basically a container used to hold um, pottery, basically, during the firing process. So making the saga required a certain level of expertise, but making the base of the saga was a much simpler task, um, often done by an apprentice. So it was like an apprentice job, um, or a young, again, a a young lad, um, and they were known as the saga maker's bottom knocker, and they basically shaped this lump of clay, basically. That was it. So that's what they were doing. Yeah, 
Again, probably not the not the worst job to have as an apprentice or a child back in the day. Here's a fucking horrendous job, a tosher. Right? That, that sounds pretty horrible, yeah. Yeah, it does sound horrible, and it's actually worse than it even sounds. So a tosher was somebody that made their living by scavenging through the Victorian sewers um, of London, basically, in search of any item that could be cleaned up and then sold. So they used to basically swim and walk through shit and pish. Yeah, that, that still happens nowadays, man. Like in certain countries, or some countries out there where that's that children are doing that still, you know. Yeah, have you ever seen that documentary on YouTube about sewer oil? No. So there's, I'll send you a link to it, right? Basically, I'm sure it's China again, right? And there's basically a, an industry of people that go to sewers and they basically take like the, the liquid and the water from sewers and they turn it into oil. And they sell the oil to fast food places and street vendors and stuff like that to cook with. But people are basically frying food in shit and piss. Oh no. Yeah, fuck that. Um Yeah. Again, that... people are people are getting really upset about it because it's not been done in like a it's not like this is then turned and cleaned and made right. It's actually fucking filthy. And it's making people sick apparently. Um but it's a it's a well known thing people are doing to save money because it's cheaper to buy shite oil than to buy actual oil. Yeah, this next one uh, again, just a funny name, Slubber Doffer. This was something. This that, I'm not going to get into this. This was basically a mill job. Like you were basically spinning yarn. That's it, basically. But it had a funny name. That's it. <laughs> okay, another one, similar thing. It's pu- a pug mill operator. Right. Nothing to do with dogs. A pug mill was a machine used for mixing clay that you would then use in either pottery or construction work. But you'd be known as a pug mill operator. Right, I think you can probably guess what this next one is. Uh, Night soil man, or a Jake's farmer. We obviously use toilets nowadays, but um, back in the day, we would have oh. to have hired either a night soil man, basically somebody came round and take your shit away. Mm. That's a horrible job, isn't it? Yeah, fuck that. Um, and then there's another one here, a pure finder. A pure finder. Um, Basically, dog, dog oh, this shit, is even right? worse, man. Yeah. This isn't <laughs> yeah. even human shit. Oh, dear. Yeah. They basically take people's dog shit and check to see how pure it is. And they believe that some of it is full of cleansing and purifying properties. They'll basically value the shit and they'll apply it by hand to animal skins in order to remove moisture and, believe it or not, unpleasant smells. Uh, basically tanning leather, basically with shit. Yeah. Oh, using right. shit, aye. It's... Fucking horrendous. But I know yeah, piss that, is used, or piss finger. used to be used quite a lot to tan leather. It would sort of, yeah. So like, obviously, if you take the skin off a fucking a cow or whatever, it will go rotten, unless you soak it in piss for ages, and that oh, that's how that. you get leather. Basically, or used to get leather. I don't presume they're doing that. They're doing that nowadays. We'll move on, right? And I've got a little, a little, a little jetty for this one because. Uh, we've had a few emails which is brilliant we just got a letter we just got a letter we just got a letter wonder who it's from you wonder who it's from this one's from Ian uh, sent directly to me which is lovely uh, hello wrongtermemory.com hi Jack there was a guy from 
Milton. Well, you don't need to know what that is called. Harry backwards. <laughs> Due to the fact he walked everywhere backwards. Or no. <laughs> Again, nonsense. <laughs> um, he had a dog who walked in the traditional fashion. Uh, Rumour has it the backwards walking was due to a bad acid. Of course it was, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, he also developed quite a bad lottery scratch card habit and was banned from buying them at one point and he used to ask uh, the local youngsters to, um, to jump in the shop and buy them for him. Um, there's a very short thread on Reddit about him, so he's made it onto Reddit, which is something, I suppose. <laughs> I wonder if he used to scratch off like his lottery ticket backwards as well, like scratch off the bit and then scratch to see what his numbers were that he was looking for. Um, we got another email from Rob. Um, oh, this was Ethan directly Gent. to you, yeah. Yeah, um, Ethan Gents, Colin, you might remember as you grew up in this area, the same as me, um, about the Stampy Stormer. <laughs> He's on Facebook page. The man was known to storm the south side of Glasgow with his poly bags and get a mad sweat on when he was out storming the streets. He's not been sighted in years, so maybe storming somewhere new. And yeah, I do remember this guy. Then there yeah. was he used to run about in bags. And what do you mean in bags? Were, like like wearing a black bag? Like I don't. Yeah, like we were, do you know how people put, people would put bags on? Cause they think it'll make them sweat more and they'll lose weight better. Well, it does work, aye. But yeah, so yeah. he used to kick about the streets of Glasgow doing that. And then and he's in Rob's email, he also calls out a guy I'm sure I spoke to you about before, uh, Jack Bierhoff. Yeah, the Oliver Bierhoff talk. Yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't know the guy personally, but I know who he is. Yeah, Yeah, this was a guy, another guy from Glasgow who you only ever saw running. He just ran everywhere and he used to run in like a, a 1990 Germany top with Bierhoff in the back. And you would never see him without the top, you'd never see him not running. And he went missing for years and years and years. And amazingly, he actually appeared not that long ago. A couple of years ago, he appeared again. My mate got a picture of him and sent me it. I tweeted the picture and it ended up like on Glasgow Live and a couple of Glasgow news sites. I got credited for it. I had absolutely fuck all to do with it. (laughs) But yeah, Bierhoff is back and very much still running. That's good. That's good. We've already done this, but if you're enjoying what we're doing, I'm going to ask you once more. If your podcast app will let you leave us five stars that would be magic yeah and if you if you if you if you do do that and you will do it for us see if you've got a partner do it on their phone as well we don't care <laughs> if it's genuine or not <laughs> yeah fucking be a sneaky bastard um <laughs> we will we'll take a wee visit to the forums now so give me two wee seconds total control bing bing bang bang bing 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 bang bang bing 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 bang bang bing 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 Email your memories to hello at wrongtermmemory.com Not a lot here, Colin. We've got three or four uh, basically work weirdos. Um, Since we're talking about jobs, we've managed to um, scroll the forums and find some some short and sweet stories. Long story short, uh, this guy was working for a developer in London's Canary Wharf, which is a very nice area, I think. He gets a phone call from the project receptionist saying that something is going on in one of the flats. So this guy and another guy go to investigate. They talk to the woman. She tells us that while looking at a window, she could see this builder basically with his trousers down at his ankle, spanking the monkey big style, um, <laughs> having a wank, basically. Uh, but he had his carpenter's belt on, caught red-handed, and when approached, all he did was mumble, pull his trousers up, and fuck off. So... <laughs> Like that would get that would get you the jail, man. You'd be phoning the police. You wouldn't be appro- I wouldn't be approaching that guy. No like, chance. No fucking chance, man. Nope. 
definitely not. Um, next one, uh, one of my engineers collects hotel room keys. He probably spends half his working life living in a hotel, so you can imagine he's got absolutely loads of them. His wife is right into it as well and wants to make a feature wall out of them in their dining room. Oh, that's fucking, <laughs> that, that's, that's weird, man. Like, I, I've got, I think I've got one hotel card in a tin somewhere and it would have been from me and Karen's first holiday away or something. I've got one. You get, oh. That's something you've ever kept, anything like that? No. I, I do, yeah, I do I do keep them, but I always keep them with good intentions and I don't know what to do with them. So I probably, if I go through my drawers in my office here, there's probably loads of them, but I couldn't tell you which one's which anymore. So yeah, They're all very but, fucking generic. They're pretty pointless, really. Right. Yeah. Um, used to work with a guy who was making 80, 80 quid an hour. So... <laughs> Decent, decent job with the sounds of it, and working with them for four years, and they would stay at digs. Um, if you don't, don't know about digs are like where you stay, like when you're walking away, you stay in a hotel. Uh, so they would go for a drink at night, but thankfully he never came. But he would go to Asda late at night and then send us photos of all the sandwiches that he'd picked up for twelve pence out of the fucking oh. like out of date bin, basically. So yeah, that's just. What's your thoughts on tight people, mate, before you wrap it up with one more story? So my next story is about a tight person as well, but it's genuinely one of the worst, I think it's one of the worst values or worst behaviours anybody can ever do. Oh, you just do the story, actually. This guy worked for an old boy who used to sell his morning paper to his son when he got home at night. <laughs> oh, fucking hell, that's uh, horrible. <laughs> like, that's, full price, what do you think? Oh, I don't know, but it's already yesterday's news in the morning, so it's well out of date by the time you go home from work, so I don't know, but it's his, it's his son, what a tight dick. Yeah, I've got no time for tightness, man, like, I, I can totally understand if you, like, if, if you don't have, if you don't, if you don't have enough money, don't have enough cash to be out flashing or whatever, like, that's fine, um, but it's just people that are tight cannot go around yeah, Dodgers, etc., people that jump out the taxi and say, you pay for that, I'll get the first drink. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, man, don't like that, it's a sneaky one. Scumbag behaviour. Yeah. I think we've got, like, we've done, we've looked at this in the past and I've collected some stories of uh, tightness and maybe someone will revisit at some point. Aye, maybe. Uh, that's us, mate, basically. So, uh, thanks for tuning in and we'll be back next week with a Christmas special in inverted commas. Not 100% sure what we're going to be doing, but... If you get any sort of memories about Christmas, again, hello at wrongtermmemory.com, send them in. Send anything to that, actually. We're always looking for for emails, and we, if they're decent enough, we'll read them out. You know, we, we are keen um, on that interaction, Colin. Yeah, for sure. Um, also, check us out on Twitter, at wrongtermmemory. We are trying to try and build that up a little bit and get a little bit of chat going, because... At the minute, we're kind of pissed into the night when we tweet. Oh, it's fucking brutal, fucking man. Nobody interacting with us. We've both got quite busy personal Twitter accounts. And it's a bit of a culture shock going back to try to build this one up from nothing. So you'd be doing us a favour, just doing a wee bit of interaction with that as well. So check that out, Wrong Term Memory, on Twitter as well. Yeah, we're but speaking yeah, to our, we're speaking to the website man as well, um, who's a top man, to see if we can get a comment section um, on the website, which is just wrongtermmemory.com. So hopefully that's something we can get done in the next couple of weeks and you'll be able just to comment directly there um, because love that shit, man. That is what... I, I suppose that's kind of what I do this for is that instant gratification. Yeah, <laughs> Let's totally. <be> honest. <laughs> so, yeah, we, we, we want you to listen to the pod, leave some comments after it so we're getting some kind of real-time feedback and get a bit of chat going as well. Find out what you like and what you don't like at the minute. Without that, 
we're talking here for doing it for ten weeks now, and we don't really know if he's. I like don't really know. Not, I don't so. really know what's what's enjoyable for you guys. What's not, you know? So, yeah. like if like like see this shit that we love at the end, like this forum stuff. You might think it's garbage. You might have already turned off by now, and you're not listening to this. Yeah, like we just don't know. So, tell us, leave us a review, and tell us. Go on, yeah. go on to Twitter and tell us. Just get in touch. We are sad, sad bastards that crave attention. So give it to us. <laughs> let's be, let's be honest. But uh, cheers for cheers for tuning in, guys. We will speak to we'll speak to you next week. <laughs>